0: You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology Research Podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this new podcast from Rheumatology Advances in Practice. So today we have a, a very exciting talk about growing up with chronic pain. And this is a systematic review of the evidence in transitional care for young people with chronic pain. And this article is uh, by Lauren Huckerby. So welcome, Lauren, and thank you that you could join us today.
1: Thank you, Deirdre, for inviting me today to do this podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here to talk about transitional care for young people with chronic pain.
0: Lauren, why did you do this research?
1: So working in clinical practice as um, a paediatric registrar working in rheumatology, it became you know, clear to me that young people were having more and more difficulties when it came to the time when they were going to move to adult services. Um, and actually, in my clinical practice, it was sometimes young people with uh, chronic pain, for example, a primary pain condition like chronic regional pain syndrome, where they were having difficulties because it was tricky knowing where they would go in adult services. Would they be looked after by the GP or by adult rheumatology, or would it be a kind of tertiary pain, adult pain service? But it wasn't always young people uh, with chronic pain as their primary pain condition. It was sometimes young people who had pain as part of their long term health condition. So we've got young people with JIA, young people with lupus. But even thinking back to my days um, as a pediatric registrar working in clinic with young people with sickle cell disease, they were also having um, a tricky time when it came to transfer to adult care. um, And things like, you know, Their transitional care programme didn't always consider pain and other aspects of generic transitional care that are really inherently linked with pain. Things like fatigue and sleep. So um, it wasn't just uh, young people with pain as a primary condition, but pain as um, secondary to long term health conditions. Um, in my own clinical practice, who are finding things tricky at the time of moving to adult services. So I thought, you know, um, I really want to look at, into what what's out there. And with my supervisors, Janet McDonough and with Rebecca Lee, we thought, you know, we're going to brainstorm this and it would be really good to embark on this systematic review, looking into transitional care for young people with chronic pain.
0: Well, thank you, Laura. I, I, I think it's clear that 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 pain is an important topic, especially for children. And so, what were what the results of, of your search of literature?
1: Yes. Um. So, in terms of our results. So I searched four different databases of the literature and identified 98 papers. And there were 14 of these which were relevant after abstract screening. But actually, after full text review, none of them looked specifically at the evidence with respect to transitional care for young people with chronic pain. So this means that we didn't find any research uh, investigating transitional care designed for young people with chronic pain other than evidence of need for studies which are investigating this. But I thought that today I would um, tell you a little bit about four of the papers because they highlighted uh, the importance of considering transitional care for young people with chronic pain. And it just also gives you an idea of the kind of papers that we were seeing in our review. So, um The the first one was a paper by Stinson in 2014, and this was a needs assessment for the development of a digital self-management plan uh, for young people with chronic pain, and it highlighted transition to adult care as a major theme. Another one was a commentary article by Forgeron et al in 2017, which did suggest some strategies for transitioning young people with chronic pain. and really highlighted the need for transitional care for young people with chronic pain. Um, then, uh, an article published in 2019 by Kale was a longitudinal case note review for people with sickle cell disease, um, and this noted that chronic pain and sickle cell disease was a significant issue around the time of transfer to adult services. And Salisbury in 2019 described a transitional care programme for young people with sickle cell disease. But there was no specific mention of knowledge and skills training with respect to pain management. And that's something that's core to transitional care. Um, So um, I think that, you know, it's a really important finding here that there was a real lack of research um, considering chronic pain in the context of transitional care, but um, really... I want to emphasize that we we also shouldn't completely disregard the kind of generic transitional care literature um, because there is strong evidence for the benefits of transitional care for long term health conditions. Um, And some of this can absolutely be applied to young people with chronic pain. So, if I give you an example of um, a paper written by Colver et al. in 2018, who um, proposed three beneficial features, well, many beneficial features of transitional care services, but there were three that were associated with better outcomes for young people with long-term health conditions. Um, and the first one was um, was promoting health self-efficacy. And in transitional care, that's something that um, is really key and absolutely for young people with chronic pain this would mean having you know um, developing pain management skills developing an emergency care plan for um, acute flares, for example. The second one was appropriate parental involvement. This is really, um, really relevant for young people with chronic pain. And then the third one was meeting the adult team before transfer to adult services. And this is something that we can absolutely apply to young people with chronic pain if we think that, I think I um i may have mentioned that um it's difficult sometimes to know where the young person will go to in adult services when they have a primary pain condition will they be looked after by an adult pain service or by uh, adult rheumatology or will it be by their GP but the most important thing you know for example if it is the GP is to ensure that the young person is engaging with their GP before they move to adult services and if they aren't then why not and exploring that with the young person um before they move to adult services this is to prevent gaps in care to pre- prevent you know non-adherence etc um that could make their you know disease course um kind of worse for them um, so it was just really the point that we we don't want to throw out the existing literature that's already there for generic transitional care and we would absolutely advocate that um pain management should be uh, kind of uh, part of generic transitional care, that it should be a core component component of transitional care programs, particularly in rheumatology.
0: Thank you, Lauren. And, and yeah, I, I agree. Like sometimes a literature review can be an overwhelming evidence. Sometimes you can have like meh, meh, bit of evidence and sometimes you have almost no evidence. And then it's good, like you've done, to take a step back and to look more at the broader picture. And that's also why my next question will be also a bit more like taking a step back and maybe describing for our public who are mostly rheumatologists, what is traditional care? And maybe more like a personal question for me, how would you describe your ideal traditional care plan for patients, for example, with juvenile idiopathic arthritis?
1: Okay, thank you. Two very good questions there. Okay, so in terms of... describing what transitional care is and I, I really want to talk about this and i want to tell you what transitional care is not first of all um mm-hmm. so transitional care is not just a one-time event where the young person moves from children's to adult services we like to talk about transitional care being a lengthy process it's a triphasic process it starts in early adolescence we want to gradually prepare that young person um to be able to navigate their adult world in terms of their health condition and even after they've transferred to adult services um, transitional care is still ongoing Um, and we have to so that's the third phase when they're when they're in adult services. Um, And we need to really um, acknowledge that transitional care must be developmentally appropriate. So the brain of these young people um, is still developing even into their early 20s, into their mid 20s. Things like skill acquisition, decision making skills are still happening um, and developing into their 20s. Um, And that's really important because it means that um, transitional care is still ongoing in adult services. Um, And I'll give you an example of transitional care and skill acquisition. Um, And if we acknowledge that at the same time that we're moving young people from children's to adult services, there's so many other things that are happening for these young people at the same time. For example, they might be moving out of their family home for the first time. They might be starting a new job, starting university, a new course. If I give an example of a young person with a primary pain condition like chronic regional pain syndrome, and they are starting a new job. They might not know um, how to talk to their employer about their condition. They might not know what their diagnosis is because pain conditions are sometimes difficult to diagnose, and they might not know how to communicate their health condition, their health needs. They might not know about disclosure. They might not know what their rights are. And these are skills that are really tricky, actually, to develop and we can't assume that someone who's at the age of 17 or 18 will be able to have the skills to do that and this is why we really need to support them um in those years where they're they're getting their new jobs and all these transitions are happening to develop the skills to do this um so and actually you know not having the knowledge and having the skills are two different things whether they've understood you know and they've developed those skills are two different things so um This is why transitional care, you know, should address medical, psychological, social and vocational uh, issues as young people move from children's to adult services. And um, it's a triphasic process. So it's still ongoing when they're in adult care and um, it has to be developmentally appropriate as well. Um, and you asked me from a personal point of view, how would I like to see um transitional care, you know, what what would it look like for a young person with JIA? Is that the question? Yeah, indeed, yeah. yeah,
0: like like oh. what is what is like the ideal world? Because I feel that at the moment we're not right there yet.
1: No, absolutely, we're not there yet. Um so I think so, you know, having discussed with my supervisors with Janet McDonough and Rebecca Lee, who are really the experts and thinking more about you know what we have currently which is we we do have um, transitional care programs for our young people um, but in terms of of pain and you know incorporating that because that can be a big part of a young person who has JIA and um, it might be that they have some pain associated with their JIA they might say they have no pain but in you know That uh, across the lifespan. They might develop pain associated with their condition. So I would say that um, a transitional care programme should be generic. So it should be a transitional care programme that we have for all of our long-term health conditions, which is the same, but also asks about pain, asks about sleep, asks about fatigue and allows the young person, you know, I think that pain management should be part of these generic transitional care programmes. And I think if we were able to do that for JIA, but also for lupus, for all of our rheumatological conditions and other conditions you know that we have you know cerebral palsy sickle cell disease these conditions also have a big pain component actually having a really good generic transitional care program which incorporates all of these things uh, which are relevant like pain fatigue and sleep would uh, would be really helpful and could really help these young people to um to uh, kind of develop and uh, take charge of their own health and be able to navigate that adult world, but um, really importantly, that uh, transitional care involves um, allowing them to develop skills and not just the knowledge.
0: Yeah, thank you, Lauren. I, I think it's 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 a story about like growing up and trying to help also children growing up not only in their own life but also in healthcare. And I think you're completely right that. Trying to make them more self-efficacious, actually more resilient, is really important there. Um, Now, this is the end of our interview, Lauren. I thank you very much for your enthusiastic input here. Uh, I can see that you're uh, very caring about this topic. And I hope to see more research about that from you in the future. Um, Are there any other things you would like to share uh, with us about your research? if not, no issues.
1: (laughs) I think um, just in terms of like take-home messages, if there's anything that I'd like people to remember from kind of this talk, um, is that I think number one would be that, you know, we want all young people to be supported in learning how to take responsibility for their own health, and that includes pain management and that also includes navigating the health services which can be tricky for young people particularly young people with pain um and we you know um it's really important that our services are developmentally appropriate whether that's in pediatric care or in adult care we need to acknowledge that they have to be developmentally appropriate you know and brain development is still happening into the 20s um And I think I just make the point again about um, when we move young people to adult services and if it's going to be the GP, that we really need to make sure that they're engaging with their adult service before they move to adult services.
0: Thank you, Lauren. That's very clear. And I think most of our uh, listeners will completely agree with this. But it's good to hear that when someone says, can somebody think of the children that we know there are still some people working on this. So uh, I want to thank our audience uh, for, for listening. Uh, and this was uh, Didi de Cock uh, for Rheumatology Advanced in Practice and hope to hear you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Research brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favorite podcast app.